You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Anita Marks with you here on 98.7 ESPN. Let me bring in Joe Wiz now. Joe, good afternoon. How are you? Joe has his own gambling show here on 98.7 ESPN. You can hear it tomorrow morning. How are you? Hey, Anita. Thanks for having me on. It's a little dreary outside, but there's a lot of sports action all over the place today. Super excited with all the NBA, baseball, and, of course, the uh, big rings down in uh, Baltimore. Absolutely. Really quick, uh, again, uh, final furlong, giving away a prize pack. B caller number, and let's go Mage is uh, is horse number three, right? So let's go caller number three right now at 888-987-ESPN. B caller number three right now. 888-987-ESPN. You'll receive a uh, final furlong racing stable prize pack, including a, including a hat, a t-shirt, um, Yeti mini tumbler. Uh, for full, full contest rules, go to ESPNNewYork.com. Again, 888-987-ESPN. And big shout out to final furlong. Really do appreciate it. Uh, thank you very much. All right. Uh, with that being said, let's start right there with the Preakness. A very small field here. Was eight. Now first mission scratch. So now it is seven. Mage coming in, uh, trying to complete stage two of the Triple Crown, giving him a shot of potentially winning the Triple Crown at Belmont in in a few weeks from now. Uh, how are you playing the Preakness later on tonight, Joe? Yeah, when you take a look at it here, the you know it seems like I originally thought that Mage would be taking a lot of money after first mission. The eight horse had gotten scratched early yesterday morning. However, um, there is a lot of money. I've been uh, watching TVG this morning as well. It seems like a lot of money is coming in on uh, you know Bob Baffert and Velasquez and National Treasure. This is Baffert's first time back into the Triple Crown picture, Anita since he got suspended at the Kentucky Derby with Medina Spirit. And, uh, you know, back in, uh, you know, he had a horse last uh, yesterday in the Black Eyed Susan, which was also another prestigious race. The horse went off at 3-5 to five and did, uh, did not win. Um, and uh, the Mage, you know, what could you say about Javier Castellano? Mage has done a great job at the Kentucky Derby. He closed, and, um, you know, and just when you thought he wasn't going to win, he did, knocked off uh, two fills. And uh, even in the uh, Florida Derby, you take a look at it with uh, Forte, Closed and Forte was all the way dead last and somehow came back and caught Mage. Um, I mean, the way I see this race here, I'm expecting the one horse national treasure to come out and take the lead, and I'm expecting Mage to catch him at the wire. and I'm looking for Mage to win the race. My bet in this race here, I'm just going to make it very short, sweet, and simple. I'm taking Mage, I'm putting a hundred bucks on him to win, and I'm expecting to see you and everybody else at the Triple Crown uh, in three weeks at Belmont. Wow, all right, uh, that much, that much belief. <laughs> In Mage, um, but uh, and, and and let's go one step further, right? Because it'll make the Belmont all that much more exciting with a horse who's trying to compete and win the Triple Crown. But then you're going to have a lot of the horses that we saw in the Derby who took the Preakness off to get back on the dirt to compete against Mage. How confident are you in this horse to potentially win the, the Triple Crown this season? Uh, well, obviously, it's going to be hard to tell with the field that's going to be running. Um, you know, the, the mile and a half over at Belmont is a very brutal race. Um, hopefully, Mays can get the job done uh, tonight. Um, 15 to 1 last week, uh, two weeks ago at Churchill Downs, and uh, came back and passed two fills. 
And uh, when you take a look at it here, I mean, the only horse here, the speed horse here is Velasquez and Baffert. And, you know, we know what Johnny B is going to do. He's going to go out to the lead, um, and he's going to force the two mage to catch him. And uh, the only other horse that I always worry about is the seven horse with Blaze and Stevens with Arad. But I don't think Blaze and Stevens is in the same company um, as is. And these Santa Anita horses, Anita, have not been running well this year. The track, it's, I follow Santa Anita all the time. Their horses are not the best horses that have been out there. They've been having a problem getting quality horses all the way out in the West Coast. So this horse here is in Baltimore. I know um, Baffert and Johnny V has never won the Preakness. All you know, he's one of the greatest drive jockeys of all time. Never won the Preakness. And Baffert, if there's one race he wants to win and stick it to, and listen, there's a storyline behind this. And you know, we know that New York suspended Baffert. If there's one thing he'd like to do is stick it to New York Racing Association and win the National Treasure because there's millions and millions of dollars at stake here for Belmont. The race is set up for Belmont for the Triple Crown. Horse racing needs it, and um, I'm expecting Mage uh, to catch national treasure and win the race. Again, uh, post times later on this evening around 6.50 p.m., so make sure you tune in. Uh, A lot going on, obviously, in the NBA. The Miami Heat, they win yet again, so they take two in Boston. Uh, Later on tonight, you've got the Denver Nuggets. They're up 2-0 against the Lakers. The Lakers back at home at the Crypto.com Arena. Uh, They are favored by five and a half. I'm not sure what the over-under is. Uh, Hold on one second. Uh, So, yeah, 223 is the over-under in that Denver-LA game. What's your play here? You know, we need. I had the Lakers in the first two games, but they were both underdogs, and I got lucky. But sometimes, you know, luck is part of it. I got the hook. I posted it on Twitter. You know, the hook with both games, um, and now the Lakers are favored here at five and a half. And the total, I've seen some sixes out there, and then as soon as it goes to six, it drops right back down to five and a half and two twenty-three. I mean, is Denver gonna? performed the way they did in that fourth quarter in game two. They had seven three-pointers. I mean, Jokic and Murray, nobody could stop them. I think they have to come back down to reality here. I'm not a big advocate of laying points uh, in any venues. Um, I'd rather take a little little total here. The first game was 132 to 126. Um, And the Lakers were in both of these games here. Even though they were behind in game one, they cut it to just three. And even in the uh, second game two, they had a chance, but they just never executed um, I think the Lakers are going to come out and send a statement here. Um, my play here is the over in the game, over 223. I'm expecting the Lakers to win, but I don't like playing the side in total in the same game, and I feel the stronger play here is the total. I think L.A. is going to try and put some points on the board here, and um, we know Denver could score, uh, even though they only had 108 in the uh, in game two. Um, I'm going over 223 in game three, but I do expect the Lakers to win. So Joe is, again, joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. He has his own gambling show he'll be able to listen to tomorrow morning. Uh, what is that, 7 a.m., right, Joe? Yeah, uh, well, right now we don't come back on on Sundays till the fall, but right now we're on Friday nights at midnight and Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. And, of course, on Twitter, Joe is sports. I put out free picks all the time. Uh, so, yeah, we'll be back on in the fall, hopefully uh, at, uh, I think it's 6 or 7 a.m. I'm not sure if Aaron Rodgers is going to take up the whole slot, the whole morning on Sunday morning because everybody's in love with him, as you know. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, you've got the Miami Heat going at it uh, tomorrow night. Uh, they're, <laughs> they are home dogs at plus three. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't quite understand. Um, actually, I'm... Yeah, at plus three, the over/under is two fourteen. 
I, again, I have to continue to look at this because I don't quite understand. They just took two games against Boston on their home court. Now Miami is home. They're up 2-0 in the series, and they're getting three. So uh, yeah. do the odds makers know something we don't? I can't be sure, but, um, man, it's going to be a whiteout in Miami. I know a lot of people down there. Obviously, you know I'm from the 305. They're, they're stoked. Uh, that place is going to be rocking. Do you have a play in this Heat Celtics game for tomorrow night? You know, it's do or die for Boston. I mean, no team has ever come back from a 0-3 deficit. They know the season's on the line, so they should just, uh, you know, bring some of their bags in case they lose tomorrow so they can just stay down in South Beach for game four and hang out down in South Beach for a couple of weeks because, um, you know, I play the over in both of these games, Anita, and uh, I know people like to see the sides in the games. Um, I like the over in this game. Last night I had to squeak it out. I had to sweat it out. I needed a big run from uh, the heat. The total was 214.5 last night. And uh, it landed on 216, as you know. So um, I think that the Boston's going to come out and, you know, try and, uh, you know, put everything on the line because they have no choice. I'm going to keep riding with what I've been doing with the over in that series over. But I do think Boston's going to win tomorrow. The line's three. Um, Celtics are good. They played well on the road this year. Um, they've proven they can win on the road. They won in Philadelphia. And um, they had a double-digit lead yesterday and were not able to close it out. And um, the one good thing is, though, the Celtics, the uh, Miami Heat are making the Knicks look really be- look make the Knicks look really good right now, right? After dismantling the Celtics, um, all of a sudden, those lost the Knicks loss to the uh, Celtics doesn't look that bad anymore. Uh, one would one would imagine, yeah. I, I mean, the fact that the Knicks lost, but but there's I've fielded calls today with Knicks fans calling in and saying, "Man, you know, we would have matched up just as well, if not better, than the Boston Celtics." You know, yeah. so. Right. I mean, there's there's Knicks fans out there that are still that are still extremely disappointed. Uh, before we let you go, we've got a big boxing match uh, that's taking place tonight. Right. Haney going up against Lomachenko. Uh, a lot of big storylines uh, behind this matchup as well. I know our producer Harvey's really excited about it. Uh, how are you playing this one? Yeah, when you look at here, Devin Haney comes in on either a 29 and 0 with 15 KOs. Uh, on the other hand, uh, Lemoshenko, his last name is easy to pronounce than his first name is, so that's why I just go by Lemoshenko. Uh, 17 and 2 with 11 KOs. I mean, Haney is a big, big favorite in Sunita. 315. Lemoshenko's plus 225. Um, I think this fight's going to go the distance. And anything's possible. I mean, from a betting perspective, you almost have to play, take a shot with the dog here. And Lemoshenko is from Ukraine, so we got a soft spot there. Not the reason why we're playing it here, but this is the biggest fight of 2023. I know Devin Haney has won every fight, but he really, you know, Lemoshenko is a veteran. He's 35 years old. Uh, Devin Haney's 29. Um, but I think that Lemoshenko has the credentials to possibly not uh, to win this fight. And um, most of the experts are expecting to go the distance as I am. And on a unanimous decision, um, I'm taking plus 225 with Lemoshenko um, to get the decision over Haney. Interesting. Um, it's it's going to be a good fight. I, I know there's there's a lot of history here behind this and the fact that Haney has been wanting to, to fight um, – Lemonchenko for for quite a while now and has finally has the opportunity. So, uh, you know, and, and as, as Harvey, it's it's very few and far between that we get a really good boxing bout. And so we definitely will have one tonight. Uh, Joe, thank you so much. Really do appreciate it. Thank you. You got it. Joe is joining us. Uh, Bet Rivers, of course, sponsors him. So great to have him on the show, giving us some picks and some plays. NBA, 
uh, as well as the Preakness and, of course, some boxing later on tonight. When we get back, Bernardino Ozura uh, joined me on, our, on, my, on my bet gambling show earlier this week with a preview in regard to this fight. When we get back, I will share that with you. Also, Moke Hamilton will be joining us uh, at, 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 uh, at 2.30 this afternoon talking some NBA, getting you ready for that Lakers-Denver game later on tonight, and we'll talk to him about the Knicks as well. Still a lot more coming your way. Nita Marks with you on this Saturday afternoon here on 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Got a lot going on tonight. Obviously, the Lakers in Denver. Mo Hamilton is going to be joining us, uh, coming your way in about 10 minutes uh, to preview that. Talk some uh, heat as well and the Knicks. Uh, NHL, postseason happening. Preakness. Later on today, 6.50 p.m. is, is post time. Uh, PGA Championship, second major of the season. And we've got a big fight. Haney and Lomachenko going at it. Uh, I host a digital show called Bet. And Bernardo Ozuna uh, was kind enough to join me on the show to talk about this fight. Very interesting. Um, Haney is, is actually a minus 280 favorite to win the bout. Uh, and there's a lot of bent up anger here between these two uh, because uh, Haney not getting a chance to find Loma back in 2019. So my first question for uh, Bernardo was, you know, for people who don't follow the fight game, explain why Haney did not get the chance back then in 2019. It all comes down to good old boxing politics. Vasily Lomachenko win the WBC world title against Jorge Linares, and then he unifies it against Jose Pedraza, who was the WBO champion. He goes after his third belt, which was against Luke Campbell in London, and he wins the WBA strap. There's only one belt missing, but boxing being boxing, where you can have two champions at the same time, the WBC allows Devin Haiti to fight Zaur Abdullayev, the last man that he stopped in 2019 and then says okay Haney's next to fight Vasily Lomachenko but Lomachenko the two-time Olympic gold medalist says my dream is to be the undisputed champion so why don't we designate me the WBC franchise champion a designation that has only been allowed for Canelo Alvarez previously and that happens so then Devin Haney becomes the official WBC champion. He was called the email champion at the time because that's how he was notified of him being elevated to the champion. But then we get Teofimo Lopez, 
a fight for all four belts, kind of, who beats Vasily Lomachenko, then goes and loses to George Cambosis in Australia, and then, so here, and then now Devin Haney goes and wins those belts in 2022 in Australia. He wins the rematch, and here we are three years later, and now, instead of Loma being the favorite, Devin Haney is the favorite as the true undisputed champion, the youngest ever in the four-belt era, making that happen at age 23. Only in boxing did that even make sense, Anita, but that's the sport I work in. Well, make sense of this. I mean, this is a heavy favorite, right? Minus 280. So explain, why such a big favorite for Haney? I mean, in boxing, the old adage says, a good big man beats a good small man. And what we have here is an exceptionally skilled big man who's fast, who's skilled, and who is quick and uses his range because he's quite long. Yet we have a once-in-a-generation small man who knows how to fight big fighters. Why? Because his entire career, he's been put in against big fighters. The thing here is, why is Lomachenko such an underdog? Because his last four fights have been a mixed bag. Starting from the Teofimo Lopez fight where he gave away the first six rounds, he comes back against uh, Nakatani and knocks him out in nine rounds. Then he goes up against Richard Comey. He has him out on his feet in the seventh round, looks over at the corner, kind of says, are you guys going to stop this punishment? They don't, so it goes the distance. And then he comes in, and in his last fight against Jermaine Ortiz, it was a lackluster win against what? A big, long, skilled, and fast fighter. So a lot of people are saying, Jermaine Ortiz is not on the level of Devin Haney, yet he gave Lomachenko all he can handle. How can a 35-year-old who has had shoulder surgery after the Teofimo Lopez fight pull off this upset? And that's one of the reasons that Devin Haney is such a big favorite. So uh, Loma notorious, right, as a slow starter. But the books are telling us that more than likely this fight is going to go the distance. So my question to you is, does that mean Loma's going to have to change his fighting style that we've seen in the past so he doesn't fall behind in points in this matchup? He has to because he cannot afford to do what he did against Teofimo Lopez and give away the first six rounds. He made it competitive down late, but it was that 12th round rally from Teofimo Lopez that was the difference between being an undisputed champion and not. And so the last fight we saw uh, Vasily Lomachenko in was against Jermaine Ortiz. Also a very slow start. What helped him was the fact that he swept the last six rounds. But guess what? You're not fighting Jermaine Ortiz. You're fighting a man who is undisputed, who's 24 years old, who is fresh, who is a man who doesn't give up his size. We see a lot of big fighters in the sport that don't know how to use their size. Devin Haney is so disciplined in that sense that he fights tall, he fights long. And so Vasily Lomachenko, who is used to being the smaller fighter, um, he has to come out and really do something different because what he's done in his last two fights will simply not suffice against the fighter of the caliber and the discipline of Devin Haney. So we know Haney has never lost a fight, but in his last six fights, no TKO, no knockout. Now, all unanimous decision. He does have that reach advantage. How is that going to come into play? How do you think that's going to affect the fight on Saturday? On paper, it's a huge advantage because he has a three and a half inch height and a five and a half inch reach advantage over Vasily Lomachenko. But after Loma's last win against um, Jermaine Ortiz, I was doing the post-fight interview 
And in comes Devin Haney, and they're facing off in front of me. And Lomachenko muses, what are you, a heavyweight? I mean, the size difference is notorious, and you'll see it every time they face off this week. You know, whether it be at today's press conference, whether it be at the weigh-in on Friday, whether it be right before the fight, it's going to be noticeable. But yet, Vasily Lomachenko has done that his entire career. Why? Because this will be his ninth consecutive opponent that has both a height and reach advantage and his ninth consecutive opponent that has either a height or reach advantage. So, a 14th. But when you look at this, Vasily Lomachenko is going to need to... Get on the inside. And this is where referee Harvey Dock is going to be key because we know that Devin Haney likes to pop the jab and clinch. And some of the best work that Vasily Lomachenko does is on the inside. What will referee Harvey Dock allow to happen? Will he allow Devin Haney to initiate those clinches after he jabs? Or will he allow them to fight out of it? And how the fight is officiated will mean what type of fight we get. And so that's going to be really interesting to see as the fight progresses because Devin Haney's already put it out there. Lomachenko's a dirty fighter, and he's the first fighter that's ever said that. None of his past opponents have said that, so there's some gamesmanship going on. Okay, before we let you go, take me, take our viewers, take our listeners to the window, hold our hands. How are you playing this fight? My first inclination was the over. Ten and a half rounds, it has to go over, right? Devin Haney hasn't scored a knockout knockout since his uh, lightweight uh, world title fight against Zaur Abdullayev. Six consecutive decisions. But then I saw minus 600. I said, no, 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 that's a sucker's bet. So then I said, Devin Haney has to win, right? Minus 165. Okay. But what if you believe that Vasily Lomachenko can have one last hurrah at age 35 with all that skill, with that southpaw stance at plus 330? No, no, no. Let's not do that. Let's go straight to plus 800 for the knockout. If you believe that Vasily Lomachenko has the goods to beat Devin Haney, then you go for the stoppage win and get yourself 8-1 to one odds. Great stuff, Bernardo. Thank you so much for getting us ready for a great fight, no doubt, on Saturday. Appreciate you. So, again, Bernardo, nice to join me on my uh, my Bet Digital show that uh, that airs on Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, getting you ready for the fight tonight. When we get back, Moke Hamilton is going to join us. Uh, let's talk some NBA, getting you ready for another battle on the hardwood, of course, and that's the Lakers. They're down 0-2 to the Denver Nuggets back at home in L.A. Will that make a difference at the Crypto.com Arena? Uh, we'll discuss that next right here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. I need to march with you on this Saturday afternoon here on 98.7 ESPN. Like I said, a lot going on. NBA, PGA Championship. They like to call Saturday moving day. That's what's happening. The Preakness later on tonight. We got you locked and loaded for that. And Moke Hamilton joins us now uh, covering all things NBA and the Knicks. And um, Moke, great to have you on. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. How are you? I mean, it's always nice to talk to you and join you, of course. I'm good. I'm good. I, w- I wish the weather was, was nicer, but it's okay. Hey, listen, we we need a little bit of rain every now and then, do we not? Yeah, yeah, we do. We do. And, uh, 
you know, I guess I guess you're just gonna have to make it a TV day with some grilled cheese sandwiches uh, and and some vino once you once you get off the air a little bit, right? <laughs> Boy, you know me all too well. Um, Moke, let's <laughs> let's dive into the game last night. Um, Grant Williams poked the wrong bear uh, after he had some choice words for Jimmy Butler. That Heat team went on a 24-9 run. Butler uh, had nine of the 24, and the Heat beat the Boston Celtics 111-105. So now they come back to Miami, uh, and they are up 2-0 in the series, uh, which I don't understand is now the Heat are home dogs. They're getting three in Miami. I don't quite understand that, but nonetheless, uh, your thoughts on this Heat team and, and what's been so special for them so far this postseason? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, you know, I think I think it's simple. Just to answer the second part of the question first, you know, as far as what's been special for them, it's, it's been Jimmy Butler. You know, I mean, you don't really have to look much further than that. And um, you know, sometimes Anita, I think as uh, you know, people in the sports media, we sometimes try to overcomplicate things that really have a simple explanation. You know what I mean? But like, you go back to his 56 point performance against the Bucks. Um, you look at what he's done, what he did against the Knicks in certain spots, and certainly what he did against the Celtics last night. This, this guy just, you know, he has a, he has another gear. You know what I mean? Like he's uh, dissimilar to. Don't mean to pick on you know James Harden specifically, but you know there's certain players out there that in the regular season they perform well. I guess you could say the same about Julius Randle, right? Like they are are good regular season performers, but come playoff time they kind of shrink a little bit. Jimmy Butler's been the opposite of that. Um, it, it certainly appears like he's sort of pitch counted himself during the regular season. And now in the, the waning moments of these big games, he looks like the freshest guy on the court, you know? And I mean, he just has another gear. And when he gets it going, um, very, very tough guy that can score from pretty much anywhere on the floor, um, smaller defenders, you know, he's really strong. He can, he can body them. He can score on them on, on the inside. And we're just seeing his versatility at work. So that's the simple answer there. Um, as far as the you know the, the Heat being home underdogs, I think that's really more just because the Celtics have actually been a really really good road team, and the Heat conversely have been a somewhat mediocre home team. So we'll we'll see how motivated Eric Spolster can keep his guys to kind of keep their foot on the necks of the Boston Celtics and go out there and try to win Game Three. Yeah, um, you know, there's something so special going on with this Heat team this season. It's it's really been unbelievable. Um, later on tonight, we've got the Lakers going up against the Denver Nuggets. Same situation. Lakers down 2-0 in the series, but the difference is they're back at home on their home court in L.A. at the Crypto.com Arena. We know they've played better at home. Denver has not played as great on the road as they have at, they have at home. So with that being said, the Lakers are favored by 5.5. The over-under is 223. Uh, what's your take in regard to this game tonight? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet against the Lakers. You know, I'm, I'm definitely going with the grain here, um, mainly because you just expect that if there's going to be one game that they win in the series, like if you think they're going to lose in five, like you would think that it would be game three. Um, obviously, if they find themselves in a 3-0 hole, you know, that no team has ever, NBA team has ever successfully dug themselves out of that to win the series. So, you know, you would think that they're going to give it a good shot tonight. But but that said, I think I've seen enough to think the Lakers are in real trouble here. And the main thing for me is I don't really think Anthony Davis playing at the five is the answer for them. 
Um, and I think the Lakers needed another big guy for this series. You know, it's, it's unfortunate to trade the way Thomas Bryant, uh, coincidentally, to the Denver Nuggets, and he's not even going to be playing for Denver. But the point is they needed another big body here. Maybe they thought Mo Bamba could help them. When Tristan Thompson was signed by the Lakers, there were more than a few people that thought maybe he would get a few minutes in this series. And who knows? Maybe we will see him in game three or game four. But to this point, I think the size has really been one of the uh, more understated disadvantages for the Lakers. Aside from that, you know, Anthony Davis obviously needs to be consistent. LeBron obviously needs to look a little fresher and, for God's sakes, make a three-pointer in the fourth quarter of a tight game if you're going to be shooting those shots. And then the other thing, too, is D'Angelo Russell. You know, like, this is a guy who has been pretty vocal about his desire to remain in L.A. after he hits the market this summer. And he hasn't really given them much reason to think that he could be the long-term solution there for them. So, I think the Lakers need a few things to go their way. Uh, I'm not sure about their ability to end up winning the series, but at least for game three, I do think I'm going to roll with them for game three. Yeah, you, you mentioned, again, Mo Hamilton joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. You mentioned LeBron James. <laughs> He's played 528 minutes so far in the postseason. Uh, and we know he's dealing with an ankle issue. Uh, he tweaked that last game, still was able to, to come in, but went 0 for 6 from downtown, missed a layup, uh, had a turnover in transition, has has not been LeBron's best performance. Uh, also, D'Angelo Russell, minus 41 in fi- 59 minutes. Minus 41 in 59 minutes. So part of me, he's only had 10 points, uh, one for uh, one for five from behind the arc this last game. Curious uh, how much playing time D'Angelo Russell's going to get. I like Reeves. Probably my favorite play coming into tonight's game is 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 Reeves over two-and-a-half three-pointers. Um, he's averaging 21 points a game his last five games. He's averaging 3.3 three-pointers a game. And, uh, and he shoots, uh, his, his three-point shooting precision is even better at home in L.A. than it is on the road. So, to me, Reeves and Hachimura, the defense that he's brought to the equation against Jokic, to me, those have been the two key factors in this in this series. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I mean, I definitely agree with that. You know, you just kind of wonder uh, how much worse if things would have looked if the Lakers hadn't gotten those efforts from those guys. So I, I think if you're Darvin Hand, you're probably encouraged by the fact that the others, right, the other guys on the team, they're, they're pulling their weight. And Austin Reeves, I mean, this guy, this guy's made himself a lot of money this postseason run. I mean, I, you know, you got, you got to give uh, credit to someone who just kind of scrapped and clawed their way and basically forced their coach to find minutes. And he's now a starter for this team. And, you know, now you look at their performance throughout the course of the playoffs, and you're like, man, like this guy actually looks really, really reliable. He looks like a legit NBA player, and you can only wonder what, what the, the, you know, the sky is the limit for him, right? Like we don't know how good he can be. But, yeah, I mean, those guys, again, they're, they're, things would have been much worse for the Lakers had they not shown up, but they, the Lakers do need a little more. You know, I think, I think uh, in game two they played eight guys basically – and a couple of those guys are just not giving them much. So I don't know if Malik Beasley might get some additional minutes. I don't know if Jared Vanderbilt's going to be able to have a little bit of a throwback performance and 
give the Lakers uh, an efficient double-double. They just, they just need something more. They definitely need something more. But again, Anita, game three back in L.A., the Lakers have been such a great home team for, for a while. They haven't lost a home game in, in about two months, right? So you'd expect that they'd be able to get this one. Uh, with that being said, before we let you go, let's bring it back here to our own backyard and uh, and what's going on with the Knicks. Unfortunately, zero draft picks uh, because of the Dallas situation, um, you know, them getting uh, that lottery situation inside the top 10. So, uh, so really, next year or 2025, uh, those picks still have the top 10 protection. I think their best opportunity for a lottery pick was this this year with Dallas, but of course we know how that all unfortunately fell by the wayside. Uh, with that being said, nothing really exciting to look forward to in this this NBA draft. Uh, one of the big storylines, obviously, is re-signing Josh Hart. Now, uh, I talked about it earlier with a caller. I, I know Josh Hart did not have a great, his last three games uh, weren't terrific. Again, I'm not making excuses for the fella, but his wife did have, gave birth uh, to, to twin boys, um, that week, which I'm sure was not easy at home, but nonetheless, uh, your thoughts in regard to some of the moves and, and what Knicks fans can expect as we head into the summer, Moke? Yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, you you always have to keep an eye on the market. You have to keep an eye on the bottom line. You know, the NBA, particularly with the new collective bargaining agreement that's about to take effect, you, you, you got to be wise about how you're allocating the dollars. So if I'm the Knicks, I'm a little concerned with what Josh Hart might command on the open market, so I wouldn't say that I would re-sign him at all costs. But at the same time, with the run that they went on once he got there and winning a first-round playoff series, and I mean, it's just so funny how, how the goalpost is just, it just moved so quickly, right? Like coming into the season, there were a lot of people that would have been happy if the Knicks made the playoffs. And um, for a time, it didn't even look like they would do that. And then, lo and behold, you know, they beat the Cavaliers and they lose to the Miami Heat, who are now two wins away from the NBA Finals. And people are, you know, painting it as if it, it, it's, it's like some huge disappointment that they, that they lost in the second round of the postseason. So that said, you know, I think the Knicks are in – I mean, to be honest with you, I think they're in the best predicament that I've seen them in probably in the past 20 years. You know what I mean? Like, they've got draft picks. They have uh, prudent cap management and cap space in the fo- in the foreseeable future. Um, they have young pieces that look like they can win, and they just won a playoff series. Aside from that, you know, you look around the league and you think about teams like the Los Angeles Clippers with with Paul George. You think about the Toronto Raptors with Pascal Siakam, Fred VanVleet. You know, you think about the Minnesota Timberwolves. Like there are a bunch of teams out there, and you can even put the, the Philadelphia 76ers in there as well. Bunch of teams out there that have superstar talent that hasn't produced for them. And it's only a matter of time before some guys are going to be looking for new homes the same way Donovan Mitchell was. But the Knicks are in position to be able to put together compelling offers and packages to try to bring one of those star players in. And, oh, by the way, over the next seven drafts, the Knicks have 10 first-round picks. So they're actually in a pretty good situation and if I'm Leon Rose, it would start with re-signing Josh Hart this summer, so long as, you know, we're not talking about a max contract or anything like that. And I don't think we will be. So um, heads, heads up, you know, uh, chin up, chin up Knicks fans. I think the future actually looks pretty bright for these guys.
Um, last thing before I let you go, I had Bobby Marks on the show last week. I asked him what he felt, obviously, as we know, former executive, I asked him what he felt it would take the Milwaukee Bucks to listen to an offer from the Knicks. And he said, R.J. Barrett, um, Grimes, Quickly, um, and gosh, I wish I still had my notes here. So, again, I, he said, um, Grimes, Quickly, Pretty much everything, in. and all the picks. <laughs> And everything. <laughs> so, so, uh, you're talking, so, you're R- 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 yeah, for Giannis. So, R.J. Barrett, okay. Toppin, Grimes, quickly, and five first-round draft picks. Would you do it? Mm. Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I, I, that's a tough one. I, mean, I might not. I might not. Only because I think Giannis, as great as as he is, I do think he's a pretty flawed player. Uh, I don't know if I should say flawed, but he has weaknesses, right? And yes, he was able to win a championship. Yes, he's a multiple-time MVP. But the Bucks were able to assemble a fantastic team around him that sort of helped to, to cover some of the deficiencies that he has as a player. If you're the Knicks and you trade for him and you give up pretty much everything that you have, then my concern would be, well, what are we going to use to actually build around him? If it's going to be the Carmelo Anthony situation all over again, it, it, it could be. Right, So if it takes you four or five years to build the team back around that guy, at that point he might be a bit long in the tooth and he might not kind of get you, you, know, get you to the promised land um, as you would think he could. You know what I mean? So it's tough. Uh, I know I sound crazy saying that I'd have to think about it, but I, I really would if I were the Knicks. And um, at this point, you know, they're, they're, I think we're talking about it, but I'm not really sure that there are strong indications coming from within the Bucks franchise that they would – Seriously consider dealing Giannis at this point yet. Uh, let's at least wait until he uh, makes a decision about a contract extension, which could be tendered to him in, in the coming months. So I'll, I'll be watching that for sure. That's definitely the, the biggest situation in the league. Aside from that, Joel Embiid in Philadelphia. You know, like I said, there are teams and superstars that are in the situations right now that definitely um, are worth monitoring. And I think we, you should do that if you're the Knicks. Again, Moke Hamilton joining us here on 98.7 ESPN talking all things NBA. Moke, thank you so much. Uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend, my friend. Um, my when we get back, you guys take care of it. Stay dry. You got it. You got it, Moke. Thank you so much. Uh, when we get back, I'll give you my picks, my plays heading into the Denver Lakers game tonight. Also, we'll just recap everything. Uh, we've pretty much touched on everything <laughs> throughout the show today. Uh, and also uh, some breaking news pertaining to the Yankees. Aaron Hicks no longer a Yankee. So that broke uh, during the show. So uh, we'll open up the phone lines. Some final thoughts uh, before I sign off. I'm with you for another 10 minutes. 800-919-3776. Nina Marks with you on the Saturday afternoon here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Anita Marks with you on this Saturday afternoon. Gordon Damer follows me, so no need to go anywhere else. And, of course, you'll be able to listen to that uh, Denver Lakers game coming your way. Tip off at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. Again, I'm staying away from a side and a total. I'm just not feeling this. Worried about LeBron James. He's already played 528 minutes dealing with that ankle issue. How is that going to respond after tweaking it again in game two? Went 0 for 6 from downtown. I am playing this. Reeves over two and a half three-pointers. And I'm also playing AD over three and a half blocks and steals 
combined. Blocks and steals combined. That's how I'm playing the Lakers-Denver game tonight. Uh, let's go to Al in Tom's River. Al, welcome in. Um, what's the possibility of uh, Mark Jackson coming to the Knicks as the coach? What do you think? Yeah, I think I, I think slim to none there, Al. Appreciate the call. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if he ends up in Philadelphia with the 76ers, but I don't see Tibbs going anywhere. I don't see Tibbs going anywhere, especially after this season, as far as he took the Knicks. Let's go to Freddie in Long Island. Freddie, you're up. Hey, how are you? I just wanted to just comment on the game six that the Knicks lost. Uh, I think the Knicks had it. I mean, they were only down two with 30 seconds left. I just yep. think that Brunson made a mistake by not passing the ball uh, earlier. And, uh, and for tonight, I think the, the Lakers win tonight, the next game, and ultimately win the series in six. Thank you. You got it. Thanks for the phone call, Freddie. Appreciate it. Uh, he's right. Listen, if you recall, the Knicks were only down by two. There was 20 seconds left. Uh, Josh Hart was wide open uh, at the top of the, um, uh, the top of the key, and, and unfortunately, um, Jalen Brunson did not see him. And, and as we know, passed into some traffic and, and, and Julius Randle couldn't get his hands on it. So that was unfortunate. But, uh, you know, they had a chance. They had a chance. All right. Uh, like I said, a lot going on. In regards to the Preakness, uh, how am I wagering the Preakness? Uh, I've got the one in the three horse. So I'm going to play a trifecta. Okay. So how is that? You go on four NJ bets. I've got the one or the three horse. Finishing first or second. I got the I got the one and the three or the seven finishing first, second, or third. And then I've got the one, the three, and the seven, along with the five and the six finishing third. So it's win place or show. It's a one dollar trifecta ticket that ultimately will cost you eleven dollars. So uh, that's how I am playing the preakness. Again, that post time. Is it 6.50 p.m. Eastern time? Uh, as for the PGA Championship, you've got the guys at the top leaderboard who just teed off. Weather conditions are still gross as ever. Uh, we heard we had Randy Robles on the show not too long ago. He said wind conditions are expected to pick up. At the end of the day, Scotty Shuffler's towards at the top of the leaderboard. Dude's unbelievable. You could still get him right now to win this damn thing at plus 140. That's how I'm rolling. I'm all over Scotty Scheffler. Okay. And last but not least, Harvey, I I know we only have about a minute left. I know you're really big into boxing. I believe Haney wins, but Haney is minus 245 on, you know, straight up on the line. So I'm going to pair him up with Randy Moratala. Are you familiar with him? He's, he's on the card. A little bit, a little bit. So I'm going to play a parlay that Haney and Moratala both win their bout tonight. They're both minus 245, but if you play them as a parlay, it comes out to be minus 102. You like Haney tonight, Harvey? Love Haney tonight. Better fighter, yeah. younger fighter, faster fighter. It will be decision, though. So, so uh, well, you know, you, you could roll that direction as well. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for uh, producing the show. Really do appreciate it, Harvey and Joe. We got you locked and loaded for pretty much everything. We've touched on everything today. Um, I'm back tomorrow morning, bright and early, 8 a.m. for On the Tee. We'll get you ready for the final final round of the PGA Championship. And, of course, I'll be on with you until noon talking everything. Uh, Nick Friedell will join us on the program tomorrow. Stay tuned. Like I said, Gordon Damer comes your way next right here on 98.7 ESPN.